You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live. You guys know the drill. We're going to let it breathe just for a minute. Just to make sure it's nice and stable for our great listeners out there in Broncos country. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, returned back into the saddle, my partner in crime. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman, who has just been dealing with a really, really gnarly, I mean, not too... uh, violate your HIPAA privacy here, but really gnarly <laughs> sinus infection. Yeah. So we're, we're just glad to have you back in the saddle, dude. How you doing? I appreciate you, Chad. I'm doing pretty well. I'm going to call this like my MJ flu game where I'm kind of just hanging <laughs> in there and pushing through it, but I'm not perfect. Four boxes of Kleenex later and all these medications later. Feeling a little better. Happy to be podcasting right now. A lot going on in the world. I really can't complain about my personal problems, but happy to see you again and our audience again. Like I, I told people on Sunday, the first day that you had to miss, I said, look, you know, I can think of maybe one other time we, that Zach's had to cancel from the pod due to being under the weather or something. I could, I don't know, maybe once, maybe twice. might have been yeah. when you were on vacation, actually. But if he's missing one, maybe, and he's missing two episodes, that means you can count on the fact that he's on his back right now. This thing's laid him low. I, I try to make it work uh, the last couple pods. I just I would have been useless, Chad. I was I would have been blowing my nose constantly, coughing constantly. It wouldn't have been a pretty sight for our audience at all. Well, we are just happy to have you back because you. as you know, last weekend was an extremely tumultuous time period uh, in our country and heartbreaking yeah. on multiple levels. What's what uh, took place last week uh, in Minneapolis and then just some of the unfortunate events that have unfolded since. And uh, then of course, little controversy pops up in Broncos country over the last 24 hours with something Vic Fangio said yesterday inadvertently that uh, he didn't realize at the time was um, a more sensitive topic than, than uh, he realized without going down that rabbit hole. We are going to kind of keep our analysis out of that bucket, multiple, 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 requests from our listeners not to dwell on this topic and to boot Zach, as we all know, the word that shall go unmentioned that we unfortunately had to avoid, well have had to avoid now for going on two and a half months. The similar issue applies to, to this topic. We don't want our content that is Broncos and football uh, oriented to be suppressed on YouTube because, you know, we decided to venture out into an area of, a topic that is just not our expertise. We're, we're here to talk football and enjoy that aspect of our community. That's why we're here. So been a very tumultuous, you know, three, four days since we last saw you. To me, it's great that you're back because it's, it's a, it's a uh, token of normalcy. I appreciate you, Chad. And yeah, you know, I'm not going to, it's a delicate balancing act trying to appease one point of view or the other. All I'll say is everyone has their own opinion. Everyone expresses their own opinion. It's it's the beauty of this country. I've said it before, Chad. I'll say it again. We don't want to hurt our uh, algorithm. We don't want to hurt our reach, our product. We want to keep it sports and football and Broncos. And we're going to try to, um, you know, tailor it to that as, as best we can. I should say. And and guys, even though we're sitting here now in early June and 
the entirety of OTAs have been scrapped. And we learned from Vic Fangio yesterday on Tuesday that they don't expect to get the coaches and players back into the building till training camp starts, which is late July. So, you know, it's going to happen. Training camp's going to happen. NBA is coming back. We'll see what happens with MLB, but sports will soon be upon us on the field, on the court, on the diamond, in the flesh here very soon. But it's not like even here sitting at the top of June, we don't have plenty of topics that we can discuss here and keep this a lively conversation and engage with our great community in the chat stream. So that's what we're going to make our business about today. Yeah, that's uh, I'm excited for one for sports to come back. Just a sense of normalcy. I can't remember the last time, Chad, that we had normalcy at all. Just uh, what we consider normal anyway. So yeah. um, the, the, the sooner it gets back to that on any modicum, the closer, the better it is overall. Amen, my friend. Amen. Well, guys, we want to talk about a uh, list. Pro Football Focus's PFF 50, in which one Bronco, you, I'm sure you guys can all guess who it was that made the list. We're going to talk about that, see what's on your guys' mind here in the chat stream. But first, just a couple of quick matters of business. Make sure you are following the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And while you're at it, you're going to want to make sure that you follow at Mile High Huddle as well. I'll pull this up. I mean, pretty pretty self-explanatory, but so you have visual cue here. At Mile High Huddle for breaking Broncos news and analysis as it's happening and unfolding in real time. And getting a gentle reminder, check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. One of the joys that we have discovered over these last few months that we didn't realize, it's one of those things that you don't know what you don't know, is our great members of the community buy a hat, buy a hoodie, buy a T-shirt, buy a face mask, whatever it is, and then hitting us up on social media after the fact with the selfie we shouted out. Just seeing all the faces of our listeners and the and rocking the gear and and sporting the community proudly, that has been one of the coolest aspects of it. So yeah. to those of you who have ordered on the merch store or plan to mer- order on the merch store, make sure once you get your stuff, and by the way, everything's moving, but yeah. Pretty dang close back to that too. On, yeah. the, on the fulfillment side. Uh, make sure you reach out to us. Just like today, uh, our one of our friends and great listeners in the community, Chris Noel, reached out, showed us his face mask that he got today. Uh, Might have been yesterday that he got it, but he showed us today. That's what we want to see. We love it, so keep it coming. And if you're not in a position to check out the merch store, it's all good. We're just glad to have you in the stream. Make sure that you subscribe if you're on YouTube. Wherever you're watching this video live, like it. And share it out if you really like what Zach and I are doing for you. That's three simple things, organic things you can do to support what we're doing here at Mile High Huddle. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, so I want to welcome in really quick, and then we'll dive in to uh, the people who've been hanging out in the room. Of course, Buona Beast, the mayor of the community there on YouTube. We got Tyler and Duke, uh, Young Hog, Ernie going through here. Toy Mafia, Brian's in the house, Black Knight 232. By the way, Black Knight 232, I got to, we got to get together sometime. I got to pick your brain uh, about Twitch. So that's neither here nor there, but eventually here soon, I want to get together with you if you're, if you're open to it. And uh, so welcome in you guys, Zach, I wanted to get your thoughts. Far be it from us to continually have these topics that cast any kind of doubt or um, skepticism on the Denver Broncos. A lot of Shade. We've talked about it on this podcast multiple times, whether it's Drew Locke, whether it's the team at large or whatever. 
just a national perspective, not really taking the Broncos all that seriously at this stage. Shocker. If we've had one podcast on the topic, we've had 30, right, since since the offseason began. I don't know if this, what we're going to talk about today, necessarily qualifies for that, but I can understand how some people might perceive it to be that way. PFF, Pro Football Focus, released their 50 best players entering the 2020 season, and only one Bronco made it. Now, Von Miller's the guy. I want to read the quote and what they had to say about Von. But while I'm reading this, I want you, Zach, of course, all of our listeners as well, to ponder whether or not this is legit, whether or not this is fair that only one, again, it's just the top 50, there's 32 teams, so it's a very elite group of players. Who are some other deserving guys that maybe you believe either should be on this list or, you know, runners-up type thing? I can think of Cortland Sutton. I could think of a few other guys. But let me just quickly, Zach, read to you what they said about Von Miller, who checked in at number 25 on their top 50 players of 2020. Quote, like Tom Brady, Von Miller's play declined so dramatically last season that we don't quite know what to expect from him in 2020 and beyond. Miller began his career with eight straight seasons with PFF grades over 90 before slipping to just 79 last year. And that number was propped up with a run defense grade that remained north of 90. As a pass rusher, he just wasn't the same player. And the concern is that we're seeing the beginning of a decline. Obviously, at his best, Miller is one of the best players the game has ever seen. But now, for the first time, there's a question as to whether we'll see him in top form again. Close quote. So PFF is putting it out on Front Street, Zach, that openly questioning whether or not the decline has begun. Well, I want to preface this by saying, once again, pro football focus is not the end-all be-all of, of sports or NFL grading or rankings. It's it's a subjective system run by human beings who have opinions and feelings and thought processes. Second of all, they're saying Von Miller's play decline by putting him in one of the top spots on the top 50 list. It, it doesn't really make sense to me or add up. I don't agree with that personally. Big Von fan, I think he'll have a bounce-back season in 2020. I just don't think he deserved to be on the list based on reputation alone. This is a lot like the Pro Bowl to me, Chad. Vaughn made it because he's Vaughn Miller. He didn't make it because of his play. The top 50 list should be based on merit and play, not based on name. I can think of Justin Simmons, Cortland Sutton, Alexander Johnson, Mike Purcell even. He was a top-graded nose tackle in the NFL. I, I, I don't agree with Vaughn being on the list, but again, this is one cumulative grading system. This is one subjective outlet. That's putting Vaughn there. I don't agree with it. I don't think you agree with it, Chad, but I think by 2020 and beyond, you'll see a lot more Broncos players on that list. I do too. If especially if things if these ducks fall the way I think they're going to for this team, even with a kind of underratedly difficult schedule this year, this this Broncos team is just dripping with swag. There is so much talent and young talent at that. Really quick, I want to grab this super. We'll get back to Vaughn. We'll get back to the list here in just a second. Bronx Legend jumping in with a $5 super. Thank you, bro. Really appreciate you, bro. Supporting the show, supporting the channel. You know we love you. And uh, he says two or three players deserve to be on that PFF list, in my opinion. I'd be curious to know, my friend, which two or three players you believe should be on that list. And Buana, if I if somehow the stream already skipped, that's the the closest uh or the soonest, I should say, super that I could grab. So if I missed one and you're able to grab it, do so pretty please. But Zach, if there was anyone else who deserved to be on this list or is approaching, you know, the top 50, that's a Bronco, Cortland Sutton, 
maybe Philip Simmons. Yes, Simmons. It has to be. I would say Simmons should be in that top 50. Yeah. If not in the top 50, like if it was a top 100, definitely top 100. Cortland Sutton, I mean, look what he produced with three different quarterbacks last year, a Pro Bowl right. season, 1,200 yards, you know, half a dozen – or well, yeah, half a dozen touchdowns. Philip Lindsay, maybe not. He, you know, he still got over a thousand yards last year, but Zach, those explosive plays were a lot fewer and farther between. What was Simmons' uh, grade last year, Pro Football Focus? Where did he rank among safeties? He was among the top in the NFL. He so, was, and I can I can pull it up while we're talking here. I'll uh, uh, log into PFF real quick. Yeah, that was a snub for him not to be on there. He's a playmaking young safety. I understand it's only 50 players, but I would take Justin Simmons over uh, quite a few safeties in the NFL. Cortland Sutton, to me, if he had a bona fide quarterback, I think he would have made it, but he will make it definitely in 2020. He's going to be an all-pro perennially and, and beyond going forward. But if he had a better quarterback, he was hurt by having Joe Flacco and Brandon Allen. If he had Drew Locke all year, he would have been on this list. But Simmons is the only guy – objectively taking my Broncos glasses off that deserves to be on there along with Von Miller. All right. I'm pulling this up here. Let me see if I can get to the grades uh, by position. Okay. They've redone since last I was on PFF, they have reformatted this thing. Bear with me one second gang. Yeah. We're getting some comments. He was either one or two. He was definitely top five. He was two behind yeah. only Minnesota's Anthony Harris. So how yeah, does that I not mean, make it? Great question, especially with the fact that he had an immense season uh, productive-wise, not just from a grades perspective, because sometimes the grades can come across as arbitrary, right? You're like, really? You're going to get – he didn't hardly yeah. impact the, the, the game. Look at Von Miller. Exactly. Now, in Vaughn's case, though, in PFF's defense last year, it was the first time, as they said, his grades – kind of matched up with his production on the field, I mean, almost evenly. As, as it declined, as his production declined, his his grades declined. Yeah, I, I just – if you're going to rank – where did Vaughn make rank among edge rushers, though? He was not – he was yeah, among me, the bottom. Let me do or a screen share. not the bottom, share. but – Let me do a quick screen share. And I just don't get how the number two pro football th- focus rated safety in the NFL is not on the top 50 list of the NFL. It doesn't really make sense to me. All right, so you can see here, here's your top-graded safeties. Hopefully you guys can see that. Anthony Harris, number one. Justin Simmons, number two. Harrison Smith, number three. And then at number seven, tied at number seven, is Kareem Jackson. So I want to say it's only the Broncos and the Vikings that had two safeties. Well, I guess you can count Devin McCorgry and Adrian Phillips. So three teams that had two safeties in the top ten with PFF. So – the Broncos are definitely in a pretty solid position when it comes to the safety slot there. Let me take a look at what you say, Vaughn's or no yeah. wide receivers or edge? Vaughn, edge rusher. All right, let's look at let's look at edge. Let me see if I can find. Hold on one sec. I would take Justin Simmons though over pretty much every one of those top graded safeties. Maybe that's just me. So here's here's what we have, um, Vaughn. In the 70s, 79, so he's ranked 22nd. But the top guys, I'll just tell you the top five, and then I'll get out of here. Uh, one, we won't count uh, Kimoko Ture. So it had TJ Watt, Nick Bosa, Zadarius Smith, Carlos Dunlap, and Joey Bosa. So both the Bosa boys in the top five, followed by Eric Armstead, categorized as an edge rusher. I'm not so sure about that. Daniel Hunter, Justin Houston, J.J. Watt is not an edge rusher. He's an interior guy technically, to, but – 
anyway, that's what you have there. From a wide receiver's perspective, though, I mean, I I didn't count to see how many made this PFF list, but if he's not on it this year, Cortland Sutton has a good chance of making it next year. I, I think it's a lock. I'd be stunned if he's not on there uh, in 2020. And in all, he got snubbed for the Pro Bowl too, Chad. He wasn't even an alternate. I mean, the disrespect for Cortland Sutton because his quarterback was Joe Flacco and Brandon Allen for most of the year. But Vaughn, no, he did get the Pro Bowl. He was an alternate, made the Pro Bowl, did Cortland. Maybe I'll but it was it was as an alternate. He had to, someone had to back out for him to make it. It was him and Vaughn. I want to say were the only two from this last year. I, I think I'm thinking of Simmons, Vaughn who wasn't the, the alternate. Voted in out of the gates guy. Gotcha. Yeah, still though, I mean, Vaughn on that list, he was all the way down. So the number two rated safety in the NFL is not in the top 50 list, but Vaughn being in the middle of the pack was on there. It's like the Pro Bowl. It's a popularity contest based on name. But going forward, don't get your feathers bunched, Broncos country. Going forward, most of the Broncos roster, not most, but Cortland Sutton, Justin Simmons, maybe even Drew Locke next year, they will be on that list, rest assured. Let them hate. Especially for Cortland Sutton, especially with stability at quarterback and Drew Locke, man, sky's the limit. I know there's a lot more mouths to feed this year in terms of targets and whatnot, but I think Cortland Sutton's in for another big year. Huge. Super chat, superstar, George Vandermark jumping in, $20 super, very generous. We appreciate you, Gio. He says, welcome back, Zach. Hope you are feeling better. He's he's closer, but not quite 100%, but – yeah, George echoing what we talked about at the top of the show. It's good to have you back, brother. I appreciate it, George. And I see the comments as well. A lot of you guys have wished me well, and it, it means the world to me. I've missed interacting with you guys. If I could have done it, I would have done it, but I'm glad to be back now. Like Chad said, not 100%, but slowly but surely getting there. Seuss McPeak. There he is. Seuss himself jumping in from MHH Mount Rushmore to uh, show his support, as always, each and every podcast. You know we love you, Stu, and appreciate yeah. what you do in the community, my friend. Glad you're okay, Zach. Yeah, I was uh, I was a little bit worried after he missed that first podcast. Zach can attest to this. I texted him, and I'm like, is it the word that shall go on? <laughs> He's like, no, dude, I got a sinus infection. Yeah, it scared me, too, because I had a virtual appointment, and the doctor asked me if I had that. I'm like, uh, that would be ironic <laughs> considering we've spent a while going beating around that topic. But I'm all good. Thank you, thank you Zeus, and thank you, everyone else, for your uh, encouragement. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, guys. Speaking of Justin Simmons, while we are talking um, about him as a subject here, let me grab an interesting article from Bob Morris that he published early Wednesday morning predicting the Justin Simmons contract value because the Broncos are approaching the franchise tag deadline. Now, Simmons is yet to officially sign his tag. But the deadline to get a franchise tag player extended to a multi-year deal is rapidly approaching. It's July 15th. And I would uh, advise all of our great listeners to go check out this article when you get them in. And I'll put the link here in the stream when you get some time after the pod. Check it out. But I just want to sum up for you. He goes through, does Bob, and lays out kind of the safety market Mentions Earl Thomas, Teron Matthew, Landon Collins, Kevin Bayard, Eddie Jackson. And what it means for Simmons, bottom line, is a contract that pays him somewhere between 14 to 14 and a half million per year. So getting back to that topic of whether or not Justin Simmons is truly one of the elite young safeties in this game, I can understand an argument in terms of he needs to have more than just one 
you know, pro bowl slash all pro caliber year to be considered in that conversation. I can understand that take, but Zach, he was dominant and now he's going to be in the second year with Fangio. I think he's going to get that 14 million per year. And I think he's going to come as close as any safety can to justifying the investment. I would take Justin Simmons again over the safeties you just mentioned her making that money though. And it's just, it's an objective analysis. He brings more to the table. He's in a better defense, a better scheme. He's around better talent. Um, he, he, he offers more in run support and, and coverage and 14 million Chad is not that much more than his current cap number. So it, it wouldn't be like the Broncos were handing him franchise quarterback money. I think Simmons has deserved it. He's a great team player. He's a team leader. He's a community leader, a great asset for the locker room. I would pay him. Now, I wouldn't wait until July 15th, but in terms of deserving the money, deserving the contract, absolutely. Yeah, indeed. And I just want to quote this little piece here from Bob. He says, quote, it's my belief that Simmons will settle in at about 14 to 14 and a half million APY, but will go slightly higher than Earl Thomas in full guarantee. Something between 34 to 35 million seems about right. I would expect the Broncos to try and keep Simmons for five years with the full guarantees in the first two, then with injury only guaranteed money in the third year, which would likely give Simmons the most total guarantees exceeding that of Landon Collins, which is 44 and a half million. And then last thing here is he says, given that safety contracts didn't rise that much this offseason, I doubt you'll see record setting numbers in every aspect for Simmons certainly not ones that truly reset the market, but he'll certainly be rewarded regardless of what aspects his deal raises the bar. So he's going to get paid, but it's not going to be like this, you know, record shattering deal. He'll, he'll, he'll probably jump ahead of a couple guys. He could end up being number one at, you know, when it's all said and done, but not like Jimmy Garoppolo getting that 33 million or whatever it was when, uh, well, I guess I should say it was it was Kirk Cousins getting that $33 million over three years, et cetera, fully guaranteed, where it's setting a new precedent. Not quite going to be that way probably for Simmons. But even if it does, that's the way the market goes, Chad. We talked about it on a previous pod. It's the same reason Dak Prescott's going to get $35 million per year. It's the same reason Juwan James got $51 million per, uh, overall. That's the market value. So it's a placeholder. The next safety after after Simmons will, will dwarf that contract. He's not going to become the, the highest paid player in NFL history, but he's going to, I think, establish himself among the highest paid players, and it's based on merit. And that's what I like about it. He has earned this contract through and through. And not only that, but something that Coach Fangio talked about in his Tuesday presser was just how great of a leader and an example Justin Simmons is. And a good a good kind of caricature of that, a good example of that, was Sunday. So he's from Florida. He's from Martin County, Florida. And there was a peaceful protest in, just up the road, about five miles from his hometown in a little town called Stewart. And as a famous guy, famous local, famous native, he went up there and he addressed the crowd. And there's an article at it, uh, on this subject at milehighhuddle.com that I would suggest you guys check out when you get some time. It also has a video. You can find the video on Justin Simmons' own uh, Twitter timeline. But the way he addressed that crowd, talking about the need for changes and whatnot, while also saying, you know, we need to, um, what was it, no violence and whatnot. Just as a leader, he says in all the right things, he's involved in the community. We know he's the Walter Mann Broncos, you know, nominee for Walter Mountain, uh, Walter Payton, Man of the Year. All those things combined, man, there was a time, and you know this, Zach, that we uh, 
I broached this subject early on in free before free agency started. There was a part of me that wonders how smart it is to pay a safety that much money in a Vic Fangio scheme that is friendly to safeties. Where, in other words, I think you could take an average safety, and I'm not saying Justin Simmons is average, far from it. But I think you could take an average safety, put him in Vic Fangio's scheme, coach him up for a summer and OTAs and training camp and whatnot, get him through the preseason, and he would produce for you, despite being an average player, an above-average performance in Fangio's scheme. Yeah. So I've questioned that whether or not it's the smartest thing to do to pay all that money to Simmons. Just as an idea, I've questioned it. But after really chewing on it over these last few months, like I think this is a guy that you need to absolutely graft into the organization long-term, not, and it's not just because of what he does on the field. First of all, yeah, he's a very, very well-spoken, articulate guy on and off the field, football matters and non-football matters. Second of all, he's not just a safety, though. He can play nickel cornerback. He plays both safety spots. It's like having an Isaiah Simmons in this defense and $14 million a year for a player that does multiple things and at a high level, that's a steal to me. And my, my third point in this, the Broncos would be wise to extend him because they didn't extend Philip Lindsay. That sent a bad message. They brought in Melvin Gordon. You got to show that your homegrown guys mm-hmm. are taken care of. You have to send the right message to the locker room that if you play well, we draft you, you will get a nice contract, you know, d- contingent on your ability and, and your play on the field. It just is a positive look for the organization, a front-facing look. And that's why Elway kind of dragging it to the July 15th deadline doesn't send the, the best message either to me either, Chuck. That's actually a sent. We talked about that same topic in terms of setting a precedent, telegraphing to the locker room that if you're a homegrown gra- uh, homegrown guy, geez, I'm stumbling over words tonight, that comes in, works his tail off, earns a role, excels in that role, sustains production in that role, then you're going to get rewarded by the team. That's the thing we question when the Broncos let Matt Paradis go, for example, even though they had concerns about his injuries and whatnot from – Unfortunately, his contract year ended early because of that injury. Still, we felt like it was the Broncos were remiss. I mean, to say nothing of what Paradis brought to the table as a player, just the symbolism, the messaging, the optics that you're sending to the locker room by not taking care of a homegrown guy like that. So I'm 100% behind you on that in terms of this is the next guy that you know has earned it, so to speak, from the team. Done everything the right way and followed through with the production on the field impact in the community. And look, guys, look, kids, this is what happens when you grow up if you do it the right way. You know, if you want to compare the situations, the Broncos brought in Kareem Jackson last year. That's an outside player, gave him a big contract. They didn't pay Justin Simmons yet. And then despite that acquisition, Simmons played even better and he deserves the contract. Same thing with Philip Lindsay. They don't want to pay him just yet, but they're willing to roll with Melvin Gordon. And if Philip Lindsay outplays Melvin Gordon or on his level, then they'll hopefully reward him. But they have to do something, Chad. I mean, I can't think of the last guy they've locked up to a long term recently to a long term lucrative contract. It's been a while. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. I mean, you'd have to go to <clears throat> what's up, David? You'd have to go to probably Todd Davis and Jeff Hireman, those deals they got a couple of off seasons ago. It's pretty uh, real quick. Let's grab this super from one of our superstars, Derek Green, jumping in with a $10 super. Thank you, Derek. He says he's not my wife's favorite. That's me, by the way, Zach. But he's back. LOL. Welcome back, Zach. Also, <laughs> how do you guys feel about the, the Vic comments about what's going on? So, Derek. Um, we appreciate that, my friend. Yeah. And I know there are some listeners that want to know exactly what we think about what Fangio said. And 
I mean, I wrote an article on it once he re- once the uh, statement, the apology came out. So that's a pretty good collection of my thoughts on Fangio. One thing to keep in mind is he's 61, okay? And again, right. I don't want to derail this pod on this subject. And no offense, Derek, it's just that we're not the uh, necessarily the most qualified people to talk about these kind of sensitive topics. But the one thing I'll say about Vic Fangio is I've seen people refer to him as a racist on social media. Couldn't be further from the truth. This is a guy who he might be older and missing some of the cues that speak to some of the struggles that Africans Americans on the team and in the league might struggle with and whatnot. And I'm not making any assessments on that, but when you're older generation, they don't quite see things sometimes the way everyone else does. Doesn't make them a racist. He doesn't discriminate on his against his players whatsoever. In fact, he takes a personal interest in his players. In fact, when we Zach, uh, we were, well, I think it was a long form article that we did when the Fangio hire was made. That kind of was a a window into what he brought to the table as like ten things you need to know about Big Fangio. One of those things, Zach, was the fact that he goes to great length to teach all his players about how to keep and save and hold on to their money. In fact, I could read to you just really quick. I don't, again, I don't want to derail the podcast too much, but I just want to read you this one quote from Prince of Mukamara that I think pretty well encapsulates how Fangio feels about his players. This was a guy who, when he got out of college, Fangio wanted to become a teacher. And trust me when I say, as someone who's married to a woman that is in the education realm, People don't become teachers if they don't have a passion and a true care and love for other people. But let me just read to you this quote real quick, Zach. This is from Prince of Mukamara. He always, speaking about Vic Fangio, he always just shares with us financial articles about guys losing their money, trying to find the newest Facebook, and how they reap the consequences of searching for that. It's just letting us know to save our money. One of the things he dislikes most or hurts him most is when athletes lose their money on dumb decisions, close quote. That's just one example. He's a, he's like a uncle, like a grandfather figure for yeah. all of his players. And so I definitely didn't interpret this. Is the last thing I'll say, I definitely didn't interpret what he said as it was more of a sign probably, Zach, of anything of just a guy who's older generation missing out on some of the messaging. At worst, ignorance, not ill intent or the R word. Yeah, first of all, and this is just my opinion, but to call him a racist, Chad, is ridiculous. He, he's he's far from that. He is the antithesis of that. And in fact, he he brought the Broncos together. He he changed the culture in one year after Vance Joseph, an African American, was you know fired from the job, and he came in and bonded the team together, and the players rallied for him. They love playing for him. But his comments were misinterpreted because I believe it was on a micro level. He was right, talking, talking about, about the, the locker, the Broncos locker room, the Broncos positions, earning your way to the top spots. And I think I agree with that personally on a micro level. He's entitled to his opinion. I, I, it wasn't well received in today's, I don't know, kind of mob culture. I'll say that. But it's he's 61, like you said, from an old generation. He's an old guard kind of guy. But – before this, was any Broncos player coming out and talking about Fangio being racist? Was any Broncos player coming out and, and picking a bone with them? They love playing for the guy. Every Broncos fan saw it. Every Broncos fan praised him for it last year. So to call him racist because he's airing his opinion in this country is, is ludicrous to me. It's also telling, in my opinion. I know Tuesday was a day in which social media, a lot of people took social media off as a show and a sign of solidarity with the 
black community and black lives matter and all that stuff. And totally understandable, something we can get behind the whole nine yards. But I found it telling Zach that no one took exception to what he said yesterday. This was a press conference that happened at 4 PM Tuesday. Right. It wasn't until Wednesday morning that I think it was pro football talk is the first one that sh- shined a light on that one particular quote. And by the way, the quote, itself, let me just read it to you real quick, Zach. I don't know. I don't want to continue b- down this rabbit hole too much, but let me just read. This is, this is what got him in hot water. Quote, I think our problems in the NFL along those lines, talking about racism and discrimination, are minimal. We're a league of meritocracy. You earn what you get. You get what you earn. I don't see racism at all in the NFL. This is what got him in trouble because even though he was probably talking about, as you say, Zach, the micro, he's his implications included the NFL, right? I don't see discrimination in the NFL. We live in a great atmosphere. Like I alluded to earlier, we're lucky. We all live together, joined as one for one common goal, and we all intermingle and mix tremendously. If society reflected an NFL team, then that working toward one goal, intermingling, mixing tremendously, we'd all be great, close quote. So that was basically what got him into hot water. And I think if you read his apology and his statement today, he learned a lot from that. He didn't realize necessarily that, you know, how how easily on such a, on a sensitive subject it can be not so much misconstrued, but that it can be, and I don't even want to say blown out of proportion, but in a, in a real sense, misinterpreted. Well, I'm pro football talk for one though, Chad, that they're kind of notorious for doing that. Mike Florio, not to go on a tangent right now, but that, that quote was initially taken out of context. And because the aforementioned mob mentality just kind of lumped onto him, he drew criticism and had to reflect on his, his statement and issue a new one. But this is a guy who's made coaching stop after coaching stop after coaching stop. He's an NFL lifer. So when he says, I don't see racism in the NFL, he's talking about his own viewpoints, his own experiences in Chicago and San Francisco, in Denver, and that's his opinion. I don't think there's anyone racist in the Broncos locker room, and I think he was kind of airing that opinion to the public. Right, and what he said in his apology is, that was my perspective from what I've seen through my own two eyes and talking to some of the black members in the in the locker room and whatnot earlier on Wednesday, he realized that they've seen things through their perspective that doesn't match up with his perspective. And so he was just oblivious to that. And so that's why he apologized for what he said and whatnot. But that doesn't mean he's a racist, you guys. That doesn't mean that he – that's the one thing that we wanted to – A racist wouldn't apologize. They wouldn't wouldn't clarify or reflect on that statement. They would would hold true to it with silence. Broncos fan number 24, good friend, longtime listener of the show, Larry – my buddy jumping in $15 super. Thank Good you. to see you, brother. We really appreciate the support, my friend. He says, I think I speak for everyone when I say, damn, I can't wait for the football season. Amen to that. And again, getting back to another thing off that unfortunate topic, Vic Fangio said, football season is, is going to be here soon. NFL teams are requiring, or the NFL are requiring teams to do their training camps at home. So teams like the Cowboys, for example, who traditionally do, hold their training camps. Um, remotely, they they leave Dallas or they leave their facilities to yeah. do their. They can't do that this year. They want them to stay home. Probably not going to be fans, but only time will tell in training camp. I don't think there will be, but their NFL is cruising for the season, and training camp is planned on kicking off in late July, Zach. So for Larry and everybody else, all of us who are just waiting for the season to roll around, we're sitting here at the top of June. It feels like forever away, but it'll be here before you know it. 
every day I say to myself, can it be September already? Can it be September already? I just cannot wait for football to come back. And after everything we've been through, Chad, in terms of us in this country, the last you know year, not year, but last five months or so, it's the distraction and the, the levity I think that we need right now. Absolutely. that The absence of sports, I think, has only helped to make more sensitive and tender yeah. everyone's emotions on multiple subjects, not just what's going on today, but everything that happened with the word that shall go unmentioned and how high emotions were running over that. And just, I mean, we dealt with it on this show, people freaking out on social media saying we were by, by speaking optimistically that soon we'll be through this and that it'll be over before, you know, and things we're being castigated as, you know, reckless and irresponsible and all this stuff. That's what I mean by, not Still having these, these distractions and things that allow us to escape and focus our attention on, it only wears people down closer to the nub, closer to the nerve, and uh, it's not helping right now. We need sports back. Joseph jumping in with a $2 super. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Good to see you. He says, I'm on a 30-day ban on Facebook, but glad to see you on YouTube. Well, that sucks, Joseph. We know it's, what it's like when we got banned for one week on Facebook after we live-streamed the draft. Uh, the first night of the draft, and of course, lesson learned on that. YouTube, by the way, their rules on that were very, vastly different with Facebook, but still, lesson learned. And thank you for the support, my friend. Let's grab Terry up in Canada, proving as always the Broncos country is not a geographic location; it is a state of being. It's good to see you, my brother. Thank you. We Terry. need to get you an updated T-shirt, by the way, Terry. So let's let's take care of that business. He says, "Do you think Noah Fant can get five plus plays of seventy plus yards?" Hashtag state of being. Zach, glad you're feeling better. Brother. Thank you, Terry. What's your answer in terms of Fant, those five or more really big explosive plays? I can think of two off the top of my head. I don't have it pulled up, but Zach, I can think of two, both of which were touchdowns that were 50-plus yards that he, that he turned into Pater. If he was still the number two guy behind Cortland Sutton, I could see it being a possibility. But in this offense with KJ Hamler now, Jerry Judy, and you have Pat Shermer who doesn't really uh, utilize the tight end too much, I don't really see that happening. I think Noah Fant will make his bones over the middle, crossing routes, in routes, and, and helping move the chains in that. And also the red zone. He's going to be huge in the red zone for Drew Locke. It could happen. I see a lot of Gronkowski in him, but... It's going to take a lot for Drew Locke not to find Hamler down the field for those big plays, Jerry Judy down the field, Philip Lindsay. I don't see. Uh, I'm putting. I'm going the under on that, Chad. By the way, Buana, the ones that you said that we missed after we grabbed KP here, go ahead and put them on. Kevin down in Florida, jumping in, one of our superstars. Appreciate you, my brother. Thank you, Kevin. He says Atwater in year five or Simmons in year five. What do y'all think? Florida strong. Hashtag stop the violence. Appreciate that, my friend. Um. Honestly, as much as we just waxed poetic about Justin Simmons, give me Steve Outwater. 89, I'm thinking 89, 90, 91, 92, 93. So going into the 93 season, the 93 season was a forgettable one for the Broncos, but it was, if I'm not mistaken, a Pro Bowl year for, and maybe even an all-pro mm, Pro Bowl for Steve Outwater. But he's a Hall of Famer. Justin Simmons still has a, a, a little bit of a road to hoe when it comes to earning a Hall of Fame caliber career is that that was my point yeah i mean right. one's not one's not even an all pro yet the other guy's a hall of famer who kind of changed or tr transcended the safety position i love justin simmons but give me at water your five any day mike evans jumping in with a five dollar super one of our superstars very consistent we appreciate you mike justin simmons should be in the top 50 no yep. doubt is mike's 
point of view here. And as a guy who was ranked number two at his position based on PFF's own grading system, it's it's hard to it's hard to rebut the notion that that he should be. So maybe maybe this year, if he continues on this trajectory, that'll be remedied. If he was on a contending team though last year, he would have been on the list. It's it's all based on reputation, and they take one look at the Broncos roster. It's the national media at play again, Chad. They take one look at the Broncos roster, one look at the Broncos record, make their determination. Having Vaughn over Simmons on there is very questionable to me. Amen. Dave from Georgia jumping in with a $10 super. Really appreciate you, it, my friend. It's good to see you in the stream. And by the way, anytime we do see you in the stream, you're showing that love on Super Chat, and we don't uh, – Take that for granted. We really appreciate it. He says, outside of Kansas City, who are the two toughest games for Denver this year? Great question. I'll answer, Zach, and then then you knock it out. I would yeah. say, you know, that Tampa game could end up being one of them, but I'm going to say the New Orleans game, what is yeah. that, week 14? Thir- anyway, and then probably, probably that Bills game in Denver, which I believe is week 15. Those two games to me are – touch-and-go sketchy. Outside of the KC games, those are two I think are going to be the toughest for Denver. But the NFL is all about parity. That's one of the reasons why it's such it dominates the sports landscape. Teams rise and fall each and every year, worst to first, first to worst. So we could end up being totally wrong on that. The Bills could completely come out and fall flat or Drew Brees finally starts showing his age or whatever, and we could be totally you know, pegging it wrong here sitting on thir- the 3rd of June. But that's what I would say this far out. Yeah, not a cop-out, but that's what I was going to go with as well. Just to change it up, I'm going to say the Steelers in Week 2 at Pittsburgh, a very tough place to play. I think they're going to have a good season this year with Roethlisberger being healthy. So I'm going to add that to the list, Chad. The Pittsburgh game, New Orleans, and Buffalo are going to be tough matchups for Denver. Guys, just to be clear here, I want to set set the record straight 100%. I don't want anything to be misinterpreted by what Zach and I say. We are 100% behind the our, our black brothers and sisters in the United States that changes need to be made, especially with yes. regard to police brutality and police accountability. When they are t- too often, there are unjust things that happen to our minority communities and cops are not held accountable. We are 100% behind you on that. We are 100% behind you on the changes that do need to be made in this country. So just because we question some of the different angles and some of the talking points that are oftentimes widely accepted as just fact off the top, just because we talk about it and question it doesn't mean we're not behind it. 100% we're with you on that. And this is speaking of our friend Eclipse Stormborn wow. out in Philly, jumping in with an extremely, Incredible. extremely generous super. It's just blows our mind. Thank you, Eclipse. Brother. Wow. It just blows our mind. Thank you so much, my friend. He says, happy uh, Friday, Priest. I wish it was Friday, dude. Not quite. Almost Friday. Uh, and Broncos country, I love you all. I hope all of you and your families are being safe. I've been out the past four nights doing overnight watches with store, store owners in my neighborhood to prevent some of the looting. I've seen some crazy uh, – it cut him off. Maybe there's a let – me, let me just jump down and see if there's – anyway, um, I don't see another one, but – that is very – that's what I'm talking about, man. Americans – that's one of the heartbreaking aspects, Zach, of what we've seen over the last week is I think all Americans can agree what happened to George Floyd was an egregious atrocity, and those men should be held accountable for what happened. That can be true. What also can be true is store owners, 
almost all of which are small business owners, many of which are in minority communities, having to protect their property from mobs and a lot of which are people flying in from out of state to cause trouble and whatnot based on reports that I've read. All that stuff is just heartbreaking. Both those things can be true at the same time. And neither one are right. It's not right to destroy property and it's not right to, of course, obviously murder somebody with a badge on. Right. Eclipse, first of all, I'm sorry you have to go through that. That's awful. And thank you so much for your donation right now, especially what you're going through. That means even more. Um, People want to make it a a partisan issue or left versus right. It's right versus wrong. And not everything has to be mutually exclusive, Chad. Like you just mentioned, literally no one is disputing the fact what happened to George Floyd was an abomination. It's unconscionable what happened to him. And they all deserve to be in prison right this second. But it doesn't justify someone like Eclipse having to defend his own store from looting or rioting, being destroyed. He had nothing to do with that. And there's so much generalization right now going on. Not everything has to be lumped into one package or the other. Everything right now in this country is so fluid. It's right versus wrong. And not everything is always tied together. And by the way, Eclipse... Give our best to your kids and to your family. And once yeah. we get some kids stuff up on the site, on the merch store, we're going to be sending you a little care package and that'll be happening here very, very soon. So really appreciate you, my friend. Um, here's James jumping in big time member of the community. He's basically staff for MHH helps us keep, uh, keep things clean, both on Facebook and in YouTube. And of course, always with great, observations on, on all issues football and of course here's something he says i really appreciated vic's clarification i always saw his view of a 33-year locker room micro view rather than the systematic machinations of racism that do not or that do exist excuse me in the nfl from gm to ownership etc that's and that's how we interpreted it as well but it was unfortunately the wrong time to come out and not speak to those specific issues or to not include those issues also in what he said, unfortunately. And uh, yes, did, did see the clarification. So thanks my brother. Um, All right. Let's keep this conversation going, Zach. Not a ton of, of course, like bona fide Broncos news in terms of there's nothing happening on the field, but part of the joy is, is being able to just talk with you guys and see what's on your mind most of the time, 99% of the time, Zach, it's football related topics or football topics, period. But when there is tumult and there is civil unrest and there is controversy, naturally, sometimes our listeners are going to want us to talk about that. And for those of you who didn't want us to even address it, I'm sorry it ended up coming out a little bit. It's just the way it shakes out. It's the natural, organic way that the, the chat stream and our conversation shook out. It's unavoidable. I mean, I, a couple of years ago, the lines were blurred between politics and football and, and personal things off the field and football. Everything now is all kind of mixed together. So it's we, we have to address it. We don't have to spend the entire podcast on it, but we kind of have to at least address it, which we do. Black Knight, I will be reaching out to you. It probably won't be tonight because I'm kind of rolling solo dad duty tonight. My wife, unfortunately... We had a little bit of a family emergency on her side of the family that she's had to attend to over the last couple of days being gone. So I've got to, as soon as we get off the stream here, slap together a meal for my kids and do the dad duty. But I will be in touch with you soon. I'll be reaching out. So I appreciate the offer. It is going to happen. Need some insight and advice. Man, you don't have to do that, Eclipse. You know you don't. Appreciate you you so much, bro. He says, 
On a lighter note, what fictional quarterback would you have for the Broncos? Jamie Foxx on any given Sunday? I love this question. Keanu Reeves, the replacements. Adam Sandler, the longest yard. Peace and love from Philly. Excellent, excellent question. What Do you have an answer off the cuff? Yeah, Steeman Willie Beeman. All day, every day. That's my boy right there. Man. Miami Sharks, Al Pacino head coach. What more do you want from that? Yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's anything we're missing. Not a whole lot of really good football movies. Not as many. A lot more really high-quality baseball movies than there are football yeah. movies, for what it's worth. But I'd probably have to go – I'd have to go with you on that. Willie Beeman. What was his – you know, the uh, veteran that he was supplanted that was played by Dennis uh, Quaid? What was his character's name? I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen it. it. I remember been. he got injured and he got Wally Pipped, and uh, that was it for him. That was. Some really good speeches by uh, – Al Pacino and as the head one coach. Of the best football speeches ever before their uh, their last game. I still listen to it to this day. Let me ponder that. Great question, Eclipse. Let me. I'm going to continue to ponder that as we get through tonight. I might end up coming at you with a different answer. By the way, <laughs> James, Uncle Rico. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. How much you want to bet I could throw this football over the mountains? Michaela jumping in, showing some love on Super. Really appreciate you. Thank you, Michaela. She says. Something that unfortunately for some people is controversial. Just reading the tea leaves on Twitter anyway. I've seen people get attacked for seeing what she's saying right here, that all lives matter and are precious. In a literal sense, 100% agree with you. But you just, unfortunately, some people take that as a as a social cue or to say that you don't think other people matter. But hey, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying, just for what it's worth. We agree every human life on this planet has value. And thank you for the support, Michaela. You know, we love you. Yeah, this is a sentiment I think everyone in the NFL agrees with, KP. He says, I don't know about you guys. I don't care. Black, white, Chinese, if he's making plays, he's okay in my book. It's about our team. If our country viewed things as a team, we would be stronger. And that's actually something a little bit that uh, Vic Fangio spoke to in his initial statement yesterday that um, got him into some hot water there. All right. Let's move this bad boy along here. Zach, we've got uh, Eddie jumping in with a quick super. Appreciate you, Eddie. Thank you, Eddie. At work, jumping in to say hi and glad that Zach is well. Appreciate you. Really appreciate you. Uh, And this is something I agree with here from Black Knight. I call Twitter the cancer of the internet, I swear, between Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and and, uh, WE, what's – I don't know what that is. Other social media, it's just whatever, right? It's just, see, without Zach (laughs) interpreting some of these things for me, I'm like, I'm like the boomer here. Um, Social (laughs) media is just super toxic and it really can be. And especially when you get into tense uh, situations and people get really, really super sensitive. All right. I want to make sure I'm not missing anybody there. And I don't think I am. Let's grab George who jumps back in. Wow. Really appreciate that, Gio. Thank you, George. Uh, Probably the biggest Queensryche fan I've ever talked to and met. And uh, not a bad, not a bad taste. Queensryche, one of the, one of the great eighties bands. Appreciate your support, George. He says, here's the hopes that when the Broncos play the Jets in week four, fans are allowed in the stands. I don't get those opportunities too often. I don't want to betray exactly where you are. You might've already said it before George in, uh, in a different chat, in a different stream. But uh, 
suffice to say, as you can deduce, it's closer geographically to where he lives. So he's hoping that fans are allowed. And I don't know, by, between now and then, Zach, to not bog down the pot on another sensitive topic, but the word that shall go unmentioned, I mean. Seems it like seems, it kind of leveled a little bit, didn't it, it? Yeah, there's that report out of Italy that the viral load on people who are becoming uh, contracting it for the first time now uh, is significantly many orders of magnitude less than what it was two or three months ago. And really all that means is it's losing its potency in terms of, and that affects, you know, everything across the board from transmissibility to mortality and all that stuff. So it can mutate and turn right back around into being an existential threat to the world, or it could do like a lot of viruses do. And it gets into the summer, things change, it diminishes and kind of just fizzles out. The flu is one of those that doesn't do that. It goes through the summer and it might temporarily kind of, you know, uh, fade, but then it comes back strong in, in the winter months. So here's to hoping that the word that shall go unmentioned does not follow the same suit and that it does in fact continue to diminish. Cause if it does, these States that have been very gripped in terms of their state governments continuing to keep things shuttered and not allow businesses to open, which affects the NFL being able to put butts in stands. Hopefully that changes. George, for your sake, I hope you can get there. I don't know if there's going to be fans this year, but in terms of that Jets game, I hope for one reason or another that Sam Darnold comes out. I want to face Flacco. That's what I'm looking forward in that game. I want the Broncos to get the chance to tee off on Joe Flacco. Neither here nor there. Just saying. Stony Neff jumping in to say, Atwater and Dennis Smith would be playing linebacker in today's NFL, and that could very well be true. Personally, I think both had... You know, they played their role based on the way the game was played offensively, too, back in the 80s and early 90s. Well, and for Atwater all the way through the 90s, but for Dennis Smith, the 80s and early 90s. So I think that even in today's NFL, they were both good enough athletes. They could probably still hang as strong guys, but I'm inclined to agree with you for the most part, Stony enough that they'd probably end up being off-ball linebackers. You know, 220 pounds, put on an extra 10 or 15 so that they can contend with uh, – you know, guards and whatnot in the box, centers, tackles, and you've got yourself one heck of a linebacker in Steve Outwater or Dennis Smith. I was going to say they would be equally as talented and able at linebacker as they would safety. They were just two tremendous athletes in their prime, Chad. Broncos fan number 24, jumping back in. Really appreciate that. Thank you. $10 super. He says, specifically relating to the football side of things, do you see the Drew Brees uh, ordeal possibly derailing their season with the locker room synergy could be an easy victory for Denver down the road. That's a, that's a really interesting topic for those of you who missed it. Uh, I don't have this specific quote, but breeze was quoted on, I think a podcast interview or something or a live stream interview saying something to the effect of, I don't agree with any disrespecting of the flag or the country for that matter, which some people have criticized as being tone deaf to what, African-Americans and what the movement that's occurring right now, what they're going through and whatnot. And of course that locker room is made up with many black teammates and you got to wonder if it would affect them. But I, I think they all know that he's, I mean, I've read his, his biography. I know the entire Drew Brees story. He is a Christian's Christian. I mean, very selfless, love everybody. So I don't think there's a racist bone in his body, but he might have to explain to his teammates why he took that position at the time that he did instead of maybe just kind of ducking it and waiting for another time to voice that particular opinion. Cause 
it's more of a sensitivity issue. It's more of a you're not listening to what we're saying issue that I think maybe some of his teammates might have a bone to pick. He's done so much for the community there in uh, Louisiana, Chad, especially after Katrina for the black community, for the white community. Um, he's a great teammate. I don't think he's racist. I, he comes from a military family, and it was his opinion. But to answer the question, no. I mean, they're going to have, I read, an in-house uh, discussion, a meeting between his players like Mike Thomas and also Drew Brees. It's going to get hashed out before the season. Sean Payton's not going to let the team get derailed based on one interview or one thing going on right now. And especially by the time New Orleans plays Denver, it's going to be a thing of the past. Dave Darlington jumping in with a $5 super. Callie Dave on Twitter. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, no questions or comments for tonight. Just send in a little love. Hey, man, it is very appreciated. You know, we... Uh, we can all use more love right now. Yeah, and it just blows our mind the support you guys have for this yeah. podcast. We love you. And it means all that much more to us, especially when we're going through really tense situations like this. We, uh, we appreciate you guys. All right, let's see what else we got here. Bonafide Super Chat Superstar. Actually, Bonafide MHH Mount Rushmore member, Ron Dub jumping in with a $10 super. It's good to Thank see you, Ron. my friend. He says, hey, guys, besides the Chiefs, which tough opponent uh, do you see us winning against? I happen to think will win the Saints game, and that game is in Denver, and so is the Buffalo game, by the way. Speaking of Simmons, the key play will be a pick by him. All right, so which tough opponent do you see us mm, beating? Let's see. All right, so I think between those two games right now, I think the Broncos win one of them. And if I had – if push came to shove, I would say that the Broncos beat the Saints and fall to the Buffalo Bills just because the Buffalo's – their defense is really, really good. But another team to keep an eye on in terms of being perhaps tough to beat is Tampa, who I think comes to town. If it's not week two, it's week three. I don't have the schedule right in front of me. but And Simmons, yeah, he, he's a guy that impacts the game. And one thing I really liked about Simmons last year, and this is something that Vaughn built a career on, is he made key plays when the chips were down. And that was something that Simmons did last year. He's going to do it again in 2020. I can't remember my schedule predictions. I don't want to come off inconsistent, but I, I'm going to go with the reverse of you, Chad. I think the Broncos lose to the Saints, but beat the Bills. Th those are two very, very tough opponents. I, I mentioned Pittsburgh. I think the Broncos will lose to them. Tampa Bay, I think the Broncos can beat. New, uh, New England, I think the Broncos can beat. It's a fairly easier schedule this year compared to schedules of years past. Even though that Atlanta game too, Chad, in Week 9 coming off the bye, early afternoon game on the road, not going to be the easiest game either. But yeah, the Saints... And the Bills, two tough games the Broncos could win. And I think, like you said, they'll split that. I just realized we the stream jumped a new subscriber who kindly hopped in to uh, show some love on Super. And even though we can't show his specific chat card because the stream jumped on us and we can't grab it, what we can do is hack the system and reverse it this way. Stu Meat Stu jumping Meat. in to show some love on Super. I uh, just got subbed. Keep up the great work. Really appreciate you. means a lot to us. And thank you for checking in like that. And uh, we're glad you subbed. And so that's a good opportunity to segue just real quick. So we've been talking about the special plans we have for our break in seven K show. And you guys are probably even wondering some of you today, how come it's not today? Where's Christy? Where's the, we have that plan, but we have to set it up to where it works for everybody. And so the soonest that's going to be where all the stars align is Sunday night show. 
So tonight we're sitting here Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow night for the Mile High Mailbag. And then we'll be off Friday, Saturday, back in the saddle as always, Sunday night. And that Sunday night show is when we're not only going to have Christy on for a segment, but we're going to roll out some unique content for you that is not necessarily, you know, daily run of the mill huddle up podcast content unique to the Broncos, unique to the number seven. It's going to be a guest. So circle Sunday night's podcast as the apps, whether you're watching this live now or you're listening to this as a podcast after the fact, circle the Sunday night show is the one you do not want to miss. Yeah, and a big thank you. It's the first time I can, I've been on here since we crossed 7K. Thank you again for everyone's support and subbing and following along. To get to this, this milestone chat is unbelievable considering where we started a few months ago. So this is to you guys. It's, we're going to give back to you. It's your show, and we definitely appreciate it. Really appreciate the sentiment, Joseph. He says, stop. You guys don't have to explain yourself. Everyone who's been watching the Mile High Podcast knows what type of guys you are. Outstanding in my eyes. Thank you. We appreciate that sentiment. We really do, man. And we do try to be consistent. Um, Not not everyone agrees, though, but we we Not everyone does agree, but guys, it's America. You can agree as long as you're not espousing a bigoted position, which we don't. You can disagree and still be friends, still be, you know, uh, acquaintances, still be fellow countrymen, still be fellow fans, whatever. That's what makes America great is the ability, the First Amendment, the ability to disagree peacefully, rationally, and do so without having to impugn the motives of the person you disagree with. Unfortunately, so much of that side of the conversation, thank God we're in football. We're not in politics. We're not in the social realm and all that. But so, so much that I see anyway on social media is if you do espouse an opinion that does not perfectly fall into that little box, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're a homophobe, you're all these things. And it's really frustrating because all that does is just crush the conversation and people then are unable to actually truly communicate and try and persuade each other on the values of whatever their position might be. You know, that's, but unfortunately that's what's getting lost in the shuffle. There's so much groupthink on Twitter with the blue check marks. I've mentioned this about other issues, but especially now. And if you don't conform to what the the, the masses or the mob wants you to believe, then they call you out. But the thing about this podcast and Shad and I, we can respectfully disagree. We can see others' viewpoints while airing our own. It doesn't make it right or wrong. There, it's an opinion, and there's an opinion can't be right or wrong anyway. But People want to make everything exclusive, and not everything is, and that's not how life works. Life is great, completely. Glenn wants to know who will the guest hosts be coming up. If you're asking, like in the case of the 7K show that we have planned for Sunday night, so we're bringing on one of the bona fide superstars here in the community and MHH Mount Rushmore. You you know how we categorize her as the queen of MHH. The plan is, as we get farther into the summer and whatnot, we're going to start weaving in For those of our superstars who want to participate on a case-by-case basis, we'll approach people and not everyone wants to get up on a live podcast and show their face and talk to, you know, thousands of people. But for those who do have an interest or or an openness to want to do that, we're going to be working people in nothing specifically planned right now that we can relate to you, but there is going to be more on that uh, subject coming out here soon. Nad Ludlow jumping in. Really appreciate you. Every podcast you're in the super chat and we love you, my friend. Um, all right, we're out of time here, but I don't want to miss any of our superstars. So let's grab Glenn here. He says, appreciate that super, Glenn. What do you think of the Broncos looking at free agent corner uh, 
COVID Ninton. <laughs> Careful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got me, Glenn, dog. Sabotaging. But uh, you got me, dude. And if this if this podcast gets freaking suppressed, Glenn, all it's your fault, my dog. Um, James, see, got me. Appreciate you, James. It's all right, Glenn. We still love you. We forgive you. Steve jumping in with a $5 super. Steve Thank was you, one Steve. of those who reached out ahead of the show to ask, hey, let's not bog it down with sensitive subjects. Let's keep it football. And we that resonated with us, and we tried to keep it that way. But unfortunately, we're not perfect, and uh, it just shook out that way. So, Steve, appreciate you showing some love on super. He says, I'm looking forward to the football season. Did you see what TJ Ward said on Twitter? No. I didn't. But I've honestly been trying to avoid Twitter as much as I can the last few days. Yeah. Tell us, Steve, what he said. Um, I guess I could pull it up here. But is it, uh, is it Broncos related or is it what's going on around? Yeah, the I'd be right curious. Now? I'm just reading a, a chat here. Okay, all right. Let me just make sure we are not missing. Here's Michaela again. Yeah, I totally know what you meant. Michaela's clarifying for everybody. Didn't mean any disrespect. I just think as long as you target an ethnic group, it opens the window to the fact that we are not equal, meaning opening up to be able to say we're not equal and all matter, just human beings. And that's a sentiment we totally understand and sympathize yeah. and agree with you on. Everyone has value. What, what needs to be said right now are there are topics, there are issues affecting specific communities that maybe aren't as as affecting other communities in the majority as much that need to be on the forefront so it can get solved and put in our rear view. Yes. And that's, that's what, uh, you know, black lives matter. And those activist groups are really trying to effectuate from a change perspective. And, and hopefully it does effectuate some change, especially as it relates to police brutality and all that stuff. There needs to be some kind of change to how those are, I mean, there needs to be someone who can police the police because even the people now who police the police are police. So there needs to be like, you know, citizen councils, citizen groups who that are based in their respective communities that these police departments. And by the way, I'm one of those guys. I can even tell you a story right now. I went about five years without getting pulled over, got pulled over like two months ago. Right. And I, it's just one of those stupid things where, I'm kind of zoned out. I was probably listening to a podcast or something and I'm going a little faster than I realized. So I look in my rear view, red and blues, right? I'm like, damn, pull over, comes to my door. Literally the first thing I say to him is, Hey officer, how can I help you? Et cetera. And he goes, well, you were going too fast, blah, blah, blah. Let me get your license registration, all that stuff. I'm like, all right, cool. And as I hand it to him, I say, Hey man, I just want you to know, I really appreciate what you guys do. And uh, I know you don't have an easy job. So I just want you to know that. It's like, all right, thanks. And he takes off, comes back and still ticketed me, but I let him know. And it's the truth. I do appreciate the good cops. And it's a vast majority of them that are good cops. It's only that, unfortunately, it's one of those things where the one bad apple, Zach, can ruin the whole the whole bunch. You know, I can't and won't pretend to know what it's like to walk in another person's skin or another skin color, but I've dealt with a lot of bad cops in my life. I've had a lot of incidents where, just like you, Chad, they've given me attitude, they've taken to me unnecessarily, and they've been, they kind of mess with me. A lot of good cops as well. I mean, that's how life is, and that's how, regardless of position or title or job or occupation or anything, there is good and bad in this world, and it's indiscriminate. There's good and bad of every single one, black, white cop, yellow, brown, a red, purple. That's just how it is, in my opinion. 
by the way, what Steven is um, talking about from TJ Ward is he said, quote, I haven't heard many positive things about Fangio from players. This doesn't surprise me. So that's from Boss Ward, TJ Ward, of course, one of the um, founders of the No Fly Zone, Super Bowl 50. Everyone knows who TJ Ward is. So, and you know what? There are some players that uh, I know just from covering Fangio now for a couple of seasons. There are some players that don't like his kind of, uh, I don't want to say disciplinarian, because he's not a disciplinarian. He's not a, um, he's more of a, he's more of a, no little, nonsense guy. He just a little rough around the edges. Yeah, he just a little blunt sometimes. You know, not as political uh, in terms of. Um, you know, he just says it. He doesn't beat around the bush. And sometimes that bluntness has rubbed some players wrong. But still, even if that's the case, it doesn't mean he's a racist. So keep that in mind. We're going to take cues also from T.J. Ward, who has a bone to pick with the Broncos. You know, his his axe to grind as well. He didn't have a, a ceremonious departure from Denver either. And who is he – put a name to the quote. Who is he hearing that from? It's just T.J. Ward spouting off uh, something he claims without a source. So I'm not going to really tie my opinions to T.J. Ward based on one tweet. All right, guys, we got to get out of here for tonight. Thank you to each and every one of you for joining us here live. We got to – Salute, mile high salute to our super, you guys. superstars. Black Knight 232, I will be in touch with you uh, here in the very near future and appreciate your offer. And listen, we'll be back in the saddle tomorrow night. Hopefully we have more, a lot more football-oriented topics that we can tackle. It's the Mile High Mailbag. It's our favorite podcast of the week. So make sure you bring your questions, your comments, your engagement. Bring it tomorrow night because we're going to be craving it by the time 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern rolls around tomorrow. But make sure in the meantime, guys, you're following the podcast on Twitter. Easy to do. Open the old Twitter machine. Pull up at Huddle Up Pod. Click the follow button. Make sure you're following my partner here, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL, and myself, at Chad and Jensen. And we'll be back tomorrow night. So, Zach, hopefully tomorrow you feel even better than you did today. It was good to be back, though. I mean, it, it feels natural for me. I love doing these pods. I love interacting with you, Chad, with our audience. And uh, can the Broncos, though, just sign a draft pick already? Can they make a roster move? Give us something to talk about. But regardless, mailbag, get your questions in. Anything you guys want to know, hit us up on Twitter. Drop it in the chat. Looking forward to it, as always. All right, gang. Thanks again also for rolling with the punches on us as we talk about some of these more sensitive topics. You know we love each and every one of you, and yeah. that's all it is. Nothing but love. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow night. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.